0: This one goes out to the conscious entrepreneurs here to make a difference in a big way. Welcome to the heart, soul, and guts podcast. You've got the vision, you've heard the call. The world needs what you have to give, and you're ready to show up. Exactly how that's going to happen, that part's not so clear. Dreaming it and living it, two very different things. Deep breath, sister, you're in the right place. Amy Biandini is crazy about people and about business, and she's here to help you. It's time to get out of stuck and into action
1: aligned with your soul. Are you ready? Here's Amy. Marina Darlow is a systems pro and a productivity expert. She sees her job as helping impact driven entrepreneurs get 10 to 20 more productive hours a week, stop licking money, and prevent stress field breakdowns. An engineer by training, Marina came to a realisation a couple of years ago that working for a conglomerate is not as inspiring as she wants her life work to be. The quest for inspiration brought her to found Vision Framework, a company that builds small, purpose-driven businesses from the inside, helping entrepreneurs run their companies with ease by putting effective, easy to use and fun, yes fun, systems in place. Hello, Marina. Hi, Amy. Thank Great you. to be here. <laughs> I was going to say, thank you so much for being here. It's wonderful. Amazing. So why don't we just dive in and give me kind of the cliff version of your life story. Kind of what are the highlights? Tell me. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm a third culture kid, which means... I speak three languages without quite deciding which one is my mother tongue. I'm an engineer by training and after about a decade in corporate, Mm -hmm. I was at a crossroads with a lack of inspiration. So I made a 180 degrees and went to study interior design at Christie. In the middle of the degree, I was kind of dragged by the ear to start my own business. This is what I'm doing now. Dragged by the ear. What does that mean? (laughs) So here's the story. This is how it went. At the said crossroad, when I was not quite sure what to do with my professional life, I found a mentor. Mm -hmm. And she asked me after, you know, in session, she asked me a question that really changed the way I think about my work in the world. She said, "What changes would you like to see in the world as a result of your work?" It sounds trivial. I never thought about it before though. And I said, "I want the world to be less violent." Beautiful. So we started thinking, "Okay, how can I do this? I am not going to do a CIA training and chase down <laughs> terrorists. I lack Unfortunately, the capability to work in the field with abused children or something along those lines, but I'm a really good project manager and a capable organizer. So I decided that I want to work for large nonprofits that work on the causes that, you know, I want to help and offer them my skills. The next year I was busy looking for a job in um, somewhere in an organization that helps the causes that I would care for and I got similar answers we would love to have you but we don't have the money okay and then the idea was born that what if instead of me coming and putting systems and implementing them for the organization what if I come in and train the people I teach them how to do it I'll build the systems and then I'll go on to a different place that would save a lot of money but that would make me a business owner so i resisted this idea for a very long while <laughs> i was studying design at the time anyways but then a friend who was having issues with her systems and her business asked a question and i was like oh but that's so easy this is how you do it and she was really like really marina's here blowing my mind so out of that entire story business was born So. I design systems, I train people how to use them,
1: and I go on to the next place. Okay, so it sounds like owning your own business isn't something that you've always wanted. It's kind of, it happened along in your journey.
0: I was sure I'm not cut out for this. I was afraid, I'm still afraid. So yeah, <laughs> that really was not expected.
1: <laughs> what were you afraid of? What was it? Okay?
0: Oh God. Well, the usual things, am I enough? And who am I? Like Brené Brown says, Where would I find clients? Who would ever want my services? Am I worth anything? The basic stuff.
1: (laughs) I think those are questions that every entrepreneur asks themselves. That's what they say. Yeah, yeah. so you're definitely in good company with that. You set up your business. You decided to go into business. What were the first stumbling blocks or challenges that you experienced?
0: It's an amazing question because there were a couple. Okay. One that I thought would be horrifying and at first, it wasn't an issue. Where would I find clients? Mm-hmm. Because I was pulled into it by the word of mouth, at first, people kind of came to me. That changed, but that was my first big stumbling block that I feared a lot. And in a way, I experienced that later in my business. And I think it's still a huge issue for most entrepreneurs, especially those who are not yet very established. Mm-hmm. The second stumbling block is a mindset thing. When you open a business, you have to let people know that you're there. You have to put yourself in front of people and you have to tell, hi, I'm doing this and I'm good at this and I can help you. In other words... You have to market. Yes, you do. Now, and here's when the mindset block comes into sight, at least it was for me. I was raised on a notion that marketing is something shameful, that marketing is essentially lying and conning people and that, you know, people with dignity don't do that. So you can imagine the huge struggle that I experienced, how excruciatingly painful it was to Let people know that, A, I'm doing this, and B, I'm decent at it. I can actually do my job,
1: you know. Yeah. That's just... (laughs) How did you make that shift? Because that is, I think, you know, marketing and selling is huge for everyone, but it's such a kind of a cultural mindset as well. That's a big shift.
0: You know, you're right. And I can say that I'm still in the process. What helped me... Other than working with a good coach and good mentor, what really helped, what made the shift. And here is where I would love to quote Naomi Dunford, one of my most favorite bloggers and business beacons, I'm not afraid to say. So basically, (laughs) she said that there's a lot in common between closing the sale, marriage proposal, and sex. And this okay. is. I can to hear this. <laughs> so there are a few things. What she says that what happens in the end is largely unrelated to a long process that happens before that. The offering that you make in the end is a somewhat different animal. That is, you know, when you date someone and you court that person and then you finally get to the bedroom, if you worked. So to speak, <laughs> if you build the relationship right during the dating period, when you're in the bedroom, the person that's there with you is invested enough to probably going to be okay, even if you're not
1: perfect. Okay, yeah, I'm with you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that notion that there is a relationship building, something that is not icky and sleazy, but an honest process you invest in with integrity that leads up to something, to the sale, to the offering. And then at the time of the offering, you don't have to be perfect because you've already built something together that you rely on. That was liberating for me. And the fact that it can be done with integrity, with true consideration of the other person's needs, that you're actually given something of value within a relationship that is good and true, that took out a big portion of shame and sleaziness and ickiness out of the entire idea of marketing. Like You don't have to lie through your teeth. You can just be honest and say, this is what I can do for you. This is going to help, or
1: this is going to be fun. So I guess that's my guiding principle. No, I love that. And I think you're so right. It's so much more about the relationship than kind of just closing the deal. But I think this idea of closing the deal is a it's hard for a lot of people. Yeah, it's a big, a big scary area. But I love that idea that you don't have to be perfect.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's another thing, if I may. please do Since you mentioned that, how scary it is, I think one of the biggest scares, for me at least, and I know that, you know, that's kind of a motif that repeats itself. It's the fear of rejection.
1: Oh, completely, yes.
0: And there was another expert that I kind of listened to almost randomly, Brendan Bouchard. So he has this experiment saying, people fear rejection. And I love to go in front of, you know, an audience, hundreds of people in a huge room, and I ask them, how many of you fear rejection? And obviously, most people raise their hands. And then I go, okay, how many people experienced really rude, offending, humiliating rejection? And more than, say, you know, maybe once a year. A few hands go up. And how many people experienced, you know, oh, actually it goes the other way around, I messed it up. So at first he asks how many people experienced a polite rejection? And let's say 100 hands go up. And then he asks how many people experienced a polite but firm and kind of tough rejection? Maybe 10 hands go up. And then of course he asks and how many people experienced something very rude and humiliated and soul crushing? And they're like barely a handful. So the thing is, like, just think about it. Yes, you fear rejection, but how rare it really is. How often does this painful, crushing, you know, excruciating rejection really happens? It doesn't happen all that much. So what do you fear? What's the worst that can happen? This horrible beast is not really all that, all that common. It's not really all that painful, all that fearsome
1: that's true i think no I, I completely agree i do think it's a scary monster that for the most part we've made up in our minds at this kind of looming big scary thing that's going to come and kind of crush ourselves as you said but i think a lot of that is around this idea that we've got to be perfect and i think it plays back to the kind of the questions that you led with in terms of who am i am i enough and i think it all kind of it trickles back into that i agree which is unfortunate but I think it's also very common in the entrepreneurial space because we are after all if we're selling a service selling a part of ourselves I think that's something we need to learn to do but I love this idea of the relationship and not being perfect so let me ask you in this really busy noisy online world how do we get ourselves and our businesses out there effectively and start building those relationships without them tipping over to be feeling that we're doing something that feels icky
0: well I don't know. <laughs> Seriously, I'm I learning like the truth. <laughs> what I can tell you what works for me mm-hmm. is, this is going to sound incredibly cliche, so my apologies. Mm-hmm. But just finding the people that I like, people who I admire for what they do, mm-hmm. reaching out, saying, Hi, I love your work because A, B, and C. Or I find this article that you wrote incredibly helpful because it made me realize, you know, such and such make a difference. Let's talk. Let's hang out. Let's see if, if we can do something for each other. Build relationship with the people that are your people, so to speak, your tribe goes from there because the right people share your stuff the right people connect you to other people the right people are happy to promote your things and of course in turn when the people you admire do something you're more than happy to spread the word about them because you actually believe in what they do when the people that you like create something or ask for your advice you give it without fear of being disappointing without fear of being rejected again so the relationship thrives. I guess that's more or less it in a
1: nutshell for me. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like a part of that is knowing kind of the niche in terms of finding your people and your tribe. I think niching is a big thing that comes up, particularly I think for coaches. So how did you know when you'd found your people or how did you identify that they were your people?
0: Part of it is intuitive. It's just when relationship flows really easy. Mm -hmm. Another part when, for me at least, You see something that these people do, and you absolutely admire that on one hand. So, for example, actually, the story of my first client is very telling in this sense. It's kind of set the tone for the entire business. She is a groundbreaking therapist that came up with a methodology that was really unique. It was different, and people got better within, you know, a few sessions rather than a few years. Okay, sounds powerful. Yeah, yeah. And the work that she did her insights her huge hearts the caring the you know the sharpness of the vision that she had was absolutely jaw dropping but on the other hand when she needed to you know figure out how many people she could fit in her schedule she was crying she couldn't deal with it and there was an area where i could come in and say hey this is how you do it this is how you make it simple here there is a system You know, I built something. This is where you plug in the numbers. This is what you tell your assistant because, you know, she was so confused. She couldn't even delegate. She couldn't formulate so her assistants could help her. And I had something to contribute to this incredible person whose work in the world saves lives, literally. So there was this combination, this way of us completing each other, way of, on one hand, me being in awe of what she does. And on the other hand, her appreciating what I could do for her because we both lacked something and we both possessed something and together it made an impact. This situation when you and the other person have pieces of a puzzle and this puzzle somehow becomes more than some of its parts, this is when I find that these are my people,
1: these are the right people. I love that. I've never heard it explained quite like that and that was beautiful. Thank you. So I have to ask in terms of We run our business for different reasons, but we've all got to still pay the bills. So kind of when did you realize that actually this idea of the business was also actually gonna be financially viable?
0: I'm very good at math. So once, literally in the first few weeks, when I figured, you know, how many clients I would need to sustain myself, Mm -hmm. I did the math and I said, oh, I can do this. I can, it's viable to get X amount of clients per year. I think I can do it within, you know, maybe not right away, but within two, three years. I can live on that. I can make six figures with these many clients. So it was a matter of very basic arithmetic, actually. How about your confidence in (laughs) (laughs) that? I love how you see to the heart of the matter. Remember how I said that I was dragged by the ear and I resisted opening my own business for a long, long time? Yes. Well, the arithmetic... Happened before I was dragged by the ear. Oh, kind of like in between. The confidence, still on and off. You know, when I was reading your exceptional guide, how to prep for the interview with you, and there were questions, and it made me think of all the things that you ask in this prep. By the way, seriously, I want to compliment you on air. You're one of the most professional podcast runners that I've encountered. I did a few at this point in my life, And you are so, so good. It's just such a pleasure to go through this process with you. Well, thank you. So back to what I was going to say about confidence. I was looking at one of the questions and I said to myself, when you are an entrepreneur, the range of your emotions is by leaps and bounds greater than when you work for someone else. So the confidence, there are days when I'm like, I'm the queen. (laughs) I'm going to put on my cape and get out of the door. And there are days when I'm like, God, what made me think I can do this? And, you know... I curse the mentor that dragged me into it. (laughs) Although she honestly said, literally, when I was in my first three months of business, euphoric through the roof. And I was like, I can't believe this is so great. And she goes, I'm so happy that it's so great for you. But you should know there will be days when you'll regret you were born. (laughs) And she's right. (laughs) So when did I have the confidence? I kind of did and didn't from the get-go. It just goes in waves. Okay. There are times when it's, like, amazing and there are times when it's
1: below the floor. And how do you manage that? Because I think you're right, and we've said this before, that mindset is so huge for the entrepreneur. But how do you manage those waves? Because business still has to happen. Oh, God. This is an excellent question. And, you know, I'm still
0: working through all the answers. I don't have them. A couple insights that I asked a very established business owner mm-hmm. at a conference. She was telling this really moving story about you know how she started her own business more or less when her marriage fell apart and her child was born and she had all kinds of health issues after a very difficult childbirth. And I approached her after the talk and said, well, you know, I'm going through a really difficult period in my business, which was true. How do you handle the pain? And she said there are two things, one, Remember that pain is cyclical. There will be times when you feel the pain and then it will pass. Everything passes and your pain will pass too. And the second thing is stay with it. Don't try to ignore it. It will pass quicker. Just, you know, hang in there with the pain. And I took this to heart and I think it's working. Just be there with the pain, it will pass quicker. Rely on routines, on the systems. You know, that's my bread and butter, I have systems. That's helping a lot. Rely on your support circle, your family, your mentor, your therapist. There's no other recipe that
1: I know of. Sounds beautiful. I've never heard it quite, again, I've never heard it quite said quite like that. But I love the idea of pain being cyclical because then, yeah, it will pass. And if you stay with it, you will get through it. And that's so true. And I think we can forget it when we're in the middle of it. Tell me about your thoughts on how self-care is related to success. Intimately.
0: Intimately.
1: Tell
0: me more. Well, I can tell you this. Without self-care, for me, there's no business. Mm -hmm. And frankly, I do not know many people who were successful in business without taking care of themselves. I cannot function if I don't exercise. I just can't focus. My mind is too foggy. Stuff like balanced eating. Stuff like... Hanging out with friends to nourish your soul. Mm -hmm. That's what I need. If these parts are not present in my life, there's just, there will be no business. Period. That's it. It doesn't have to happen every day. It's not like I exercise every day before I start, you know, working on my stuff. It's not like I hang out with friends every lunch. But... I learned the hard way that this component or components, rather in plural, have to be present in my life, or I will just sit there staring blankly at the screen and, you know, experiencing the lows that I was talking before. Again, there is no business without
1: self-care. That's very, very true. And I think one of the traps that new entrepreneurs can fall into is this idea that taking time for themselves to nourish themselves is selfish because it's not actively doing something in the business what would you say to somebody who's in that space well
0: you will feel guilty for taking care of yourself at first and even not so much at first even you know sometime down the road you will still feel a little guilty taking care of yourself and it's normal and especially if you're a woman (laughs) it's even more common because we're conditioned to take care of everyone but ourselves But you still have to do it because otherwise you feel far guiltier for not sustaining your business, not bringing enough money to your family, not realizing yourself, not being an example for your children, whatever it is that basically the guilt that stems from not realizing your potential, not doing your work in the world, you will feel worse. And self-care is A component of business, you should put it in your budget. You should account for it as your business expenses, even if, you know, your tax accountant doesn't agree. But in your head, that's part of the investment that you make in your business. Think about it this way. Never mind that most people, especially coaches, business is part of life. You're not doing business because, you know, you're not becoming a coach without the component of helping people. Or at least you're not becoming a coach that I would respect without a component of helping people. (laughs) I don't know, maybe there's some con artist on the other end. So self-care is essential. That's the fundamentals. You can't go anywhere
1: without it. I love that. So how do you balance being a successful entrepreneur with the rest of your life? So being a partner and all the other hats that you wear?
0: By scheduling religiously, (laughs) living and swearing by my calendar. You know, Mm -hmm. I have to take my daughter to ballet That's on calendar. I work while she's in class. That's also on calendar. I schedule dates with my husband because I want my marriage to keep going. Um, I make sure there is time for this. I have color-coded techniques for my calendar to make sure it's balanced. Like, I need to make sure there's no more green than three-quarters of my calendar (sighs) or something along those lines. I'm a very visual person, so that really helps. That's basically it. Really, no big secret there. (laughs)
1: Do you schedule time for yourself as well?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exercise. By the way, maybe it'll help someone. I was so horrific at exercising. This was always the first thing that went. I was so, so, so bad at it. I was skipping it every time I had a chance, and when, even when I didn't have a chance. The only thing that kept me in the gym, and I'm only saying this because maybe it will be helpful to some of the listeners, <laughs> I found a friend to go with. So certain things that you avoid or resent or, you know, give them less time than their importance requires. Sometimes the only thing that works, do them with someone, find a friend, find a frenemy, find somebody you resent, but feel, sh- you know, feel ashamed to not show up.
1: <laughs> Seriously,
0: <laughs> this works.
1: <laughs> okay, I love it. So, almost tricking yourself into doing it. Mm-hmm. Whatever works, is not it? Okay, tell me about how systems can make our lives easier as entrepreneurs, because there is so much to learn, just in terms of the business side of it, let alone actually what you're doing.
0: There are a few
1: levels of that.
0: hmm The basic level is systems allow you to relax. Systems take out a big part of the stress component, especially the stress over the wrong things. If you have a good invoicing system, you won't have to remember how much you need to charge that client. You won't have to worry that the the invoice goes out in time, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. If you have a good scheduling system, you're not worried about forgetting stuff because your calendar will ping at you and you just, you know, you put something there and forget about it until the time comes. Okay. So having systems first systems, first and foremost removes stress. Having systems helps you avoid mistakes. Some of them are stress-induced, stress-induced mm-hmm. because when you're stressed, you make more of them. Some of them are just, you know, you automate whatever, your email, and you don't get sucked into it and reply to the wrong person by accident. So systems, because they're automated, they help you avoid mistakes. Systems save you money because again, they allow you to plan. In general, having a system, having a plan, kind of removes a lot of fog, so you have better clarity. You have better clarity, you plan ahead. You plan ahead, even if you change plans as you go, which will inevitably happen, You have more confidence and that basically the next level so essentially system means you know what to do at every single step and if you don't know what to do you have a system for figuring that out a good system by the way it may sound like you need to regimen every single facet and every single tiny thing of your business this is not true a good system allows flexibility so for example if you have a time block on your calendar within the existing system that says writing content. Mm -hmm. That means over these three hours on a Wednesday morning you can write a blog post or you can decide that you are writing content for your new info product or if you don't feel like writing long form you can work on your social media stuff. So it allows you for a certain flexibility and that in turn removes a lot of stress. Because people who become entrepreneurs, more often than not, they're free spirits. Yes. They are idea people. Yep. They're not necessarily managers. If you're a manager, you go and you manage for a corporation. That's a much easier way to make a living. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you, I did both. (laughs) (laughs) So when you have a system that allows for your entrepreneurial traits, that accommodates who you are, that's tailored to your personality, and your specific business, it further removes friction
1: on everything that you do. I love that. I love this idea that kind of systems gives us kind of more headspace, you know, less stress. Oh, that's so true. That's you nailed it. You nailed it. More headspace. Yeah, because there's like so much going on, it's like you don't know which way to turn. And like this idea of a system that create gives you space to think, I think is so powerful. I love also what you said about you know entrepreneurs being free spirit and how that systems can actually support them. Because I think there can be this fear that you know I'm a free spirit entrepreneur, I'm a visionary, and this idea that a system is gonna kind of box me in. So, but, but the way you're talking about it, it's actually actually a system can actually give you freedom, so you're actually freer.
0: Yeah, I firmly believe in that, and that what drove me to. Found my business in the first place, Mm -hmm. there needs to be a supporting level for the free spirit to soar. You need to know that you have an anchor when you sail your ship, that you're not going to find yourself floundering. You need to have this level of confidence that there is stuff you can rely on, that you don't need to be dragged down by minutiae, by non-important things. This is exactly what systems do. They allow you to fly, they ground you so you're safe in your big
1: ideas and your vision. I love that, I love that. Do you have any kind of tips for people who are just kind of just getting started out, like systems they can implement that would help straight away?
0: God, I have so many (laughs) types to design. So, well, for starters, you can go to my website and download the guide to apps that I find save me a ton of time, about 20 hours a week on average. It's right there on my website, www.vision-framework.com. Just, you know, use the basics. On a more mindset level, don't be afraid of systems. They're there to help you. A good system is like a good wedding photographer. Do you know what makes a good wedding photographer? Outside, of course, you know, the talent. A good wedding photographer is invisible at the wedding. He does all the prep work. He... Asks all the questions beforehand for the most important relatives, what are the most cherished moments, what are you know the meaningful flower arrangements for the couple. But at the event, he is invisible and he allows the guests to have fun, to be themselves, to enjoy the time and place and the excitement of the happening. This is like a good system. A good system is invisible. It's there to support you, it's there to help you create. The best result, like memories that the photographer captures, but it's not interrupting the process. It's just there to support it. It's just there to capture it, to highlight, to distill the
1: essence. Beautiful. Beautiful. If you could go back to when you were just starting out in your business, what advice would you give yourself? Be strong. Be resilient. Don't be afraid. Is there a particular quote, phrase, or mantra that you live by now? Oh, God, there are many, but... (laughs) What's the favorite? The favorite
0: right now? Change is possible. Okay. When, you know, you asked a lot about confidence and about how you deal with it and about pain. And sometimes we as entrepreneurs find ourselves at this point where we're like, oh, my God, nothing is going to happen. Or what if I write and I create and I do and I reach out and nobody wants it? Mm Mm-hmm. And this is where this phrase comes in. Change is possible. Your actions have an impact, even if you don't see it right
1: away. Okay. Yeah, I think there's, you never know what effect you're having on someone
0: else. Actually, I want to come to that. Okay. Yes, it's true to a degree, but the thing is, I guess by the phrase of change is possible, I mean that there is a way you can build your reality. There are certain actions that you can take that have more or less predictable results. And if the results are different from what you expect, it's in your power to tweak the course. It's in your power to create change. It's not like anything you do would never bring a result. Change is possible. You just need to make it
1: happen. Gotcha. Okay, I'm with you. That makes perfect sense. And I love this idea that kind of you, you're in control of your reality. Exactly. Yes, exactly. 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 I love it. So you talked a little bit about the apps that you found helpful. What other resources would you say are very, very helpful? Wow. Again, so
0: many. (laughs) I'm a huge fan of David Allen, the guy who invented the getting things done methodology. I've got his book. Yep. Life-changing. Yeah. Truly seriously life-changing. The earlier books of Tim Ferriss, right now he's doing all kinds of very out there podcasts. So they're not as relevant to budding entrepreneurs. I quoted Naomi Danford before, ittybiz.com, my goodness, if there's one single business blog you should follow outside your podcast, this should be it. She is the best, the most approachable, the sharpest, the most relatable business writer I ever read, com. just seriously, truly amazing. Brené Brown a big favorite of mine mm-hmm. especially when you have a crisis of confidence yes by all means she's magic this woman is just one woman movement <laughs> she is that you're welcome to my blog I write about systems and life stories and funny things in general it's www.vision-framework.com I hope it's okay that I shamelessly plug myself in <laughs>
1: that's fine <laughs> what else? I think that's quite a lot it's so a lot of okay. people to kind of have a look at you and see what resonates with them. There's anything else that's burning that you want to share, do share it. But I think that's probably a, a good handful for people to kind of dive in and see what's going on. What is going on right now that you're most excited about in your business? Well,
0: there are a couple things. Mm-hmm. I am going to speak at... The um, conference for adhd coaches which is amazing it's like the biggest conference in the industry Mm -hmm. and i'm exceptionally honored that i am going to be part of this and i was accepted as a speaker it's in april um i have a few posts coming up that i'm currently writing that i'm excited about but it's a little too early to talk about them Mm -hmm. and i think weirdly enough What really gets me excited this morning, there are two prospects I'm going to talk to very, very soon. People who booked sessions and said, you know, essentially are asking for help. This is the reason that I founded my business. This is the reason I get up in the morning and go to work in my office. And
1: I'm super excited that I'm going to talk to people. That's what it is. That's beautiful. I love that. I love that talking to prospects is exciting because it, it should be. Your business should be exciting. This is why we build businesses, to have you know, do things that we enjoy and we love. Yeah. So I think that's really powerful and a really, really strong indicator that you are in a business that you love. So I love that. So now that everyone's kind of got to know you, got an idea of kind of who you were and kind of your thoughts and kind of feelings and kind of your perspective on systems, which I love. How can they kind of get to know you more and stay in touch?
0: Come to my virtual home. It's (laughs) talk to me in the comments. You can contact me directly right there. It's vision-framework.com or you can slash and say blog, or you can just find it on the website. Vision framework as in framework for visionaries, support for people with a vision. Okay. So come there and I'll be more than happy to see you. There are free resources on the website. There are blog posts that people have known to tell are entertaining. Please come. (laughs) I'll be happy to have you there. Beautiful. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time today, Marina. Thank you, Amy. It was a pleasure being on the
1: podcast. Thank you
0: thanks for listening gorgeous love what you heard leave a review on itunes because that helps people find the show then get your sweet self over to heart soul and guts.com and join the convo and by the way thanks for being you because the world needs more dreamers who get stuff done